1 Corinthians chapter 13. We're going to be there around about. We're going to try to go through the whole chapter of 1 Corinthians 13. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is known as a chapter of love. It's really not the chapter of love. And I'm not trying to change anything that you've ever heard before. It's nothing new. It's just it's a chapter of charity. It's a chapter of charity. And that's what we're going to get into this morning. We're going to look at charity. What charity is. What the Bible means by charity. The importance of charity. But to get the context of what Paul's talking about in chapter 13, go back up to chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians and start around verse 27 with me, please. Start around verse 27 with me. Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. And God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. So God's given all these different people in the church different gifts is what Paul's talking about. Verse 29, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? Well, the, answer, the obvious answer is implied is no. Have all the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? The obvious implied answer is no. Verse 31, but covet earnestly the best gifts. So he says you need, to, you need to try to search for these gifts and ask God to give you one of these gifts and ask God to help you do something for him through Jesus Christ. But notice he says at the end of verse 31 something very important. And yet show I unto you a more excellent way. That's what we all want, right? We want to know how to live the Christian life, but we want to know how to live it in a more excellent way. I want to live it in a more excellent way. When something's good, we say, yeah, that's good, that's great. And then what do we say? It's either good, it's great, it's bad, good, great, or it's excellent. Excelente. It's excellent. Yet show unto you a more excellent way. What way is that? So continue right into verse 1 of chapter 13. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. I'm going to preach this morning on the wonderful, wonderful word of charity. And what that is. Anytime you start focusing on a word, like I'm going to focus on the word charity this morning, you need to make sure you define it. And I encourage you to do that with anybody you're talking, getting into any kind of religious discussion or any kind of discussion, and you start focusing on a word like Jesus, make sure you get that word defined. Because when a Mormon says Jesus, they're not talking about the same Jesus you're thinking about. When a Jehovah's Witness says Jesus Christ, they're not thinking about the same Jesus Christ that you're thinking about. They're thinking about a totally different character, something that they've made up. So when you start talking about charity, we need to define what charity is. And charity is best defined as an active and mature love. Look down at verse 11. Look down at verse 11 of the same chapter, chapter 13, verse 11. 
When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. So a child loves his parents. There's no doubt about that. A child says, I love you, Mommy, or I love you, Daddy, and a child loves his parents. But that love that the child has tends to be a taking love. It's a love where it's expected something from the parent, and, and the child might come over and hug the dad or hug the mom. And I'm not saying a child can't give, but that child's love is very immature. And the child will think in that kind of love, he'll think like a child, he'll speak as a child, he'll understand as a child, and he'll think as a child. And that's what Paul says there. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But then when I became a man, I put away childish things. Amen. So what charity is, is not just... Simply saying the word love. Charity is taking the word love and explaining it and defining it as a mature, active love. Amen. It's a giving love. Now, in the world we live in today, that word charity is used, and it's used, it's used properly. And we, you probably have it in your mind properly defined because it's used as a, ch a charitable organization where somebody is giving something to the Salvation Army and then you're there, they're therefore taking your gift and giving, it and, and giving it to the poor and you say, well, I'm going to give to charity. And, and that's, that's, you're giving to charity. And that organization is showing love by giving. So to define charity to you, it's a mature, a mature and active love, an outward, an outward manifestation of love. Charity is mature, it's active, and it gives and it doesn't expect anything back. That's charity. Now, I like to use a child because we know a child loves. And Paul uses that as an example there in verse 11. And we know that there comes a time where the child needs to grow up. And that's what Paul says there. I became a man, and I put away childish things. And we say about young people sometimes, we, it's not every one of them, but some young people, we say they need to grow up. So there comes a time in your life when you need to, you need to stop expecting people to be giving to you. There comes a time in your life when you need to stop expecting people to give to you, and you start being the one that gives to others. That's a mature charity type of love. There comes a time where you need to stop expecting people to be given to you, given what's in it for me, what's in it to me, where you mature up to where, as a parent, the love you show to your child is how? You don't take from your child. As a parent, you know it's all about charity, a mature love, a giving love. You're just giving and giving and giving and not expecting anything back. That's the kind of love a parent has. That's the kind of love a man has. Now, the world, they'll come along and say, love is love. Love is love. That's their favorite saying right now. Their favorite saying right now is love is love because of everything going on in the, in, in, in the lifestyles people are trying to live. And then I go back, yeah, lust is lust. We're not talking about lust. We're talking about love, real love. God is love. Amen. Not lust that you're talking about. You're talking about lust. We're talking about love. But we're taking it another step. And we're knowing and defining it in the Bible as being called charity. Now, you'll notice in my preaching and teaching, I hardly ever, ever go back to the Greek. Ever. You say, well, it's because you're, you're, you're dumb and you don't know the Greek. Well, that's true. 
in some cases, but I did go down to Pensacola and I did start study the Greek and I know some Greek and I, knew, I learned a little bit of Hebrew and I know how to go back to the Greek. And what you have some pastors do, and I, I'm, not, I'm not badgering them or accusing them or anything like that, it's, it, but they'll try to take the word love and they'll say, well, you need to go back and it's, it's in the Greek, it says it's an agape love, it's a phileo love, and they get into all these different things about love. And they try to say it's a brotherly love and this is a different type of love and it needs to be defined different and they get into all these kinds of teachings and I'm telling you right now, you got a King James English Bible in your lap, that's all you need. That's why I don't go to the Greek. You've got enough right there in your lap. And they'll do all of that teaching about the Greek word agape. And then they get to here and they'll change that word charity to love. That's, that's a mistake. The Bible says through the word of God it's called charity. And that's what we're going to study this morning. Okay, now I got all that out of the way. What are you without charity? What are you without charity? Well, we know it says there in verse 1 and verse 2 and verse 3 exactly what you are and what I am without charity. Let's read it together. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Without charity, your words and my words, they mean nothing. It goes back to the thinking that you, somebody says, I love you, I love you, I love you, but they don't ever show it. Amen. Now, I know some of y'all, and I think this is, uh, I've had some people tell me this. And I kind of think it's sad, but I've heard some people say, yeah, I never heard my dad say he loved me. And I think that's kind of a sad testimony, but they'll go on and say, but I knew he loved me because he showed me all the time. What's this more important, that you say you love somebody or that you show you love somebody? Obviously, you show, amen. And that's what Paul is saying here. It's not enough just to say, have these beautiful words, these, a beautiful speech, to be able to speak like an angel. If you don't have charity, then your words, they mean nothing to nobody. You can't just talk the talk, brothers and sisters. You've got to walk the walk. Amen. Okay. Verse 2 tells us the other one. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. Amen. He goes on to say in verse 2 that without charity, you're good for nothing. You're good for nothing. Now, verse 2 is directed directly at an independent Baptist. See that verse 2? That's directed directly at an independent Baptist and a lot of Christians that take their faith very seriously. Because you get a lot of Christians, and what happened, and it happened to me, that's why I can give you this testimony is, you get into the Bible, and man, you're studying it, and you're trying to find out the, the seven seals and the seven trumpets and the, the mark of the beast, and when's Jesus Christ coming back, and the end times, and you're just studying, studying Matthew 24, Revelation 6, Revelation 8, all the book of Revelation, the, you, the, the Antichrist and the false prophet and we get into all of that and we forget to be charitable we forget to have that love that's mature and active and an outward manifestation of what's going on in our lives you can be a person that understands everything about time uh, in time event understands everything about the book of revelation and if you don't have that um, that mature and active love you're good for nothing you're good for nothing. I'm not telling you that. I'm telling you what Paul tells you. 
That's exactly what he says. I have faith, Brother Keegan. I have faith enough to tell that mountain to move and it would move. Yeah, good. Do you have charity? Do you have that love, that mature and giving love? Verse 3 tells us the third one. And though I bestow all my goods and feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Without charity, you can gain nothing. You can gain nothing without charity. There Paul goes on to describe somebody who's doing those things that we associate with Christianity. We associate with Christianity somebody feeding the poor. We associate with Christianity somebody giving goods away, somebody giving their life away, somebody dying for the cause of their faith, a martyrdom. We think of these things when we think of Christianity. But if you do all these things for the Lord, and you don't have that active, mature love, a giving love, it's good for nothing. You're not gaining nothing doing it. You're not gaining nothing doing it. A person, listen to me, a person can give without loving. Amen. People do it all the time. You can give without loving. People give for tax purposes. People give because they think it makes them look good. People give, listen to me, some people give just because it makes them feel good. Not, they're not trying to help somebody out. Or, it's okay it's helping somebody out, but it made me feel good to give it away. And they tend to brag about it. Yeah, I gave them this, and I gave them $20. They were in bad need, and I gave them $100. You hear people do it all the time. They did it for themselves. You can give without love, but listen to me. Listen to me really close. You can't have charity. You can't have love without giving. If you have love, you'll give. You know how I know when somebody really loves me? They give to me. They give me of their time. They give me of their... Of, of their heart. They give me of uh, some material time. Sometimes they'll give me food. Sometimes they just, they just, you can just tell that they love me because of the, they're giving nature towards me. They're showing me charity. And Paul says, hey, you could be a kind of person that feeds all the poor people, and, uh, but what are you doing it for? What's your motives? Is your motives to be seen of men? Is your motives to be puffed up? Is your motives to please yourself? Or is your motive out of a charitable Heart, a mature and loving, loving heart. Amen. Amen. You can attend church every time the doors are open. You can tithe all your money. You can be willing to die for Christianity and your faith. But without charity, you're gaining nothing. You're gaining nothing, brothers and sisters. Let's go on to verse 4. Now, Paul is going to switch gears here in verse 4. And he's going to talk about what a mature and active love does and doesn't do. He's going to describe, starting in chapter 4 through verse 7, he's going to go through and say, okay, now, what is charity? I'll tell you what charity is, and I'll tell you what charity isn't. I'll tell you what charity does, and I'll tell you and show you what charity doesn't do. And that's good. We needed it to find, because we've defined it there in verse 11 as being a mature love. An active love. Now, he goes on to say in verse 4, and we're going to go through these quickly this morning. Starting in verse 4, he says, Charity, first off, charity, it suffereth long. Amen. Amen. You know what that means? That means it puts up with people's foolishness. Amen. I'm, glad, I'm so glad the Lord God has charity towards me. That's one of the greatest characteristics of our Lord God is He's long-suffering. 
That's one of the greatest characteristics that people get confused about. They see people living in sin. They see people living for the world. And they see, they see that nothing's happening to them. And look at them. Look how they're living. Nothing's happening to them. Look, they're having, a, they're having a good time. Nothing's happening to them. And they forget that God is long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. And He's long-suffering with them, putting up with them, hoping they'll turn to Him and get saved. And people take advantage of God's long-suffering to the point to where they forget that there's even a God. But He is very charitable. He suffers long and is kind. Charity is kind. You know what? The world needs more kindness. Amen. The world could use more kindness. How's the world going to get more kindness? By charity. By people growing up in growing up in their love and getting a mature love that doesn't expect somebody to give something to them and start saying, you know what? I'm going to have charity in this world and I'm going to be a giver and not a taker. Amen. I see so many things on the internet and it, 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 it dumbfounds me because these people on the internet, whatever social media you can think of, it's always about take, 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 take. And if you have one person that shows charity, and, and my wife showed me this, where they get on, they'll get on Facebook and they'll say, I have something, I have a lawnmower I want to give away. You have, a, you, have a, you have 50, 150 people. I want it, I want it, me, 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 I want it, I'll take it, I want it, I want it, I want it. And you can't tell me there's 150 people need a lawnmower. It's just that me, me, me. And they're thinking, I'll take it and I'll resell it. And I'll get this out. We need to grow up. Brothers and sisters, we need to grow up and say, you know what? I'm not a taker. I'm a giver. I, I, I'm going to live in charity. God has give and give and give and give to me in my life. I'm more blessed than I could ever dream of. I need to turn around and I start, need to show, start showing charity to other people. Lost and saved. Lost and saved people. And start just being a giver. Amen. Charity envieth not. Charity envieth not. When you see someone who's blessed by the Lord, you don't get envious and you don't get jealous and you're happy for them. That's hard. <laughs> That's hard. It's hard to be charitable. This isn't going to be easy. Amen. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. You see your neighbor and he pulls up in that brand new truck that you've been admiring down there at the car lot and you say, man, I want one of them. You tell your wife, I want one of them, baby. I want one of them so bad. I just, I'd do anything to have that truck. And then your neighbor pulls up with the same truck that you wanted, just got it off the lot, and your neighbor comes out, and your neighbor's got a big old smile on his face. He's like, look what I just bought. And you're like, ah, I hate you. Can't stand you. And you, you have to fake that smile. Oh, I'm so happy for you. Why don't you really be happy for him? Amen. Amen. Pastors are bad about this. I see it in my life. I see it in my walk with the Lord that it's, it's, it's easy to get jealous of another work. It's easy to get, when a, another pastor says, man, God's been blessing us. We've had a hundred people here, and we've just sat in another, and you're like, mm, <laughs> yeah, I'm happy for you, man. <laughs> you know, you, but you, the truth is, you're like, Lord, you know, I'm jealous, I'm envious. Charity isn't that way. You're not charitable when you're acting that way. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. Charity doesn't brag, look what I've done. Look what I've done. Vaunteth not, vaunteth not itself. That means to brag, to say, hey, 
I helped them out. I gave them $100. Look what I've done. Look what I do in life. I give to the poor. I go to church. I, I try to tithe. Whatever you're vaunting about, whatever you're prideful about, that's not charity. Amen. Jesus Christ says, don't let the left hand know what the right hand's doing. Amen. You know what he means by that? He says, you need to be secret in your giving. You need to be secret in your love. Sometimes you just do a lot of stuff like that to be secret about it. You know why so many people are afraid to ask for help? Because the person they're going to ask for help from is going to brag about it to everybody in town. Amen. Amen. Man, I, I, I could sure use some, some, some money. I could sure use some help. You go, go ask old Joe. You go ask Joe. and he's like, I helped him out. I helped him when he was in, he was in bad need. And I, I did a lot for him to help him out. That's the way people are. Why don't we be different than other people? Why don't we show charity? Why don't we do something that nobody knows we're doing it? Why don't you just one time give to somebody and they have no idea that you're the one that gave it? I've been at a restaurant there in Brownwood and to this day I have no idea. The waiter, waiter comes up, over and says, your meal's already been paid for. I said, who did it? They said, they, won't, they told me not to tell you. And I looked around and I racked my brain like, okay, who was in here that was in here eating with me? I got to go thank them. I need to thank them. Uh, why didn't I order more on my meal? You know, no. But I'm seriously, I was like, who was that? Who was that in there that did that for me? Amen. You know what I had to do? I didn't have nobody to praise. You know what I had to do? Praise God. Amen. Who got the honor? Who got the praise? God. Because <laughs> I didn't have nobody to praise. I'm like, well, I don't. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Amen. You want to get God to get the glory? Do it in secret. Don't let the left hand know what the right hand's doing. Amen. It's not puffed up. It's not prideful. You don't look down on others. Charity doesn't look down on others. To be charitable, to have that charity, that mature, that active love, you're not looking down on others. You're trying to help others. Amen. He says there in verse 5, Doth not behave itself unseemly. Doth not, doth not behave himself unseemly. Vulgar language, vulgar language and vulgar conduct don't mix together with charity. Charity, a mature and an act of love, just don't mix with a vulgar mouth and vulgar activity. Just don't go together. Don't mix. It doesn't behave itself unseemly. Everything you do with a giving and a mature act of love should always be able to be seen of men. It don't matter if they're three years old or a hundred years old. Amen. There's no PG, PG-13 rated R when it comes to charity. It's all G. Amen. Anybody can see it. Shouldn't be mixing that together. Seeketh, verse 5, seeketh not her own. Charity is not selfish, it's unselfish. Charity is not looking at what I, you can do for me, it's looking at others. If you could give me only one word to describe Christianity, I would use the word others. I wouldn't use the word love. I'd use the other. It's about other people's hurt. It's about other people's pain. It's about other people going to hell. It's about other people needing me. It's about other people that, that don't have what I have. It's about others. It's not about me. Jesus Christ says, pick up your cross daily and follow me. It's a crucifixion. It's, a, it's not about me. It's about, it's about others. Seeketh not her own. It's not easily, it's not easily provoked. You know what charity does, I found out? When you have a charitable, when you have a mature and loving heart and a giving, giving heart, it helps you not to lose your temper. 
If you're in here this morning and you tend to have a trouble with your temper, which, I mean, it describes most of us men in here, amen. If you have trouble with your temper, you need to try to find a way to be more charitable. You're not easily provoked. It won't, stuff won't set you off like it used to. Thinketh no evil. At the end of verse 5, Paul says that charity thinketh no evil. This is an important one. What, when you have a giving, mature love, when you hear rumors about brothers and sisters, or you hear rumors about another man or woman, you're not quick to believe those rumors. You say, well, I just can't believe that they would do that evil. I just can't believe they would do that. I was reading a story, of, uh, John R. Rice was saying that he uh, heard a rumor about a, another brother in Christ came to the, and started telling him about this other pastor and this rumor that he had heard about this other pastor. And John R. Rice says, man, I just can't believe it. I, I just don't want to believe it. I don't, I'm not going to believe it. And that guy says, well, it's from a real, very reliable source. That pastor did do that. And John R. Rice says, I just don't want to believe it. And then about a month later, guess what? They found out that pastor didn't do that. It was just a rumor. It wasn't true. And John R. Rice says, I was trying to show charity and not be quick to believe every evil I hear on somebody. You have somebody that really loves you? Everybody here does, right? Go to that one that really loves you and tell them something on you. They don't like it, do they? They get red in the face. I don't, I don't want to hear I don't want to. Perfect example. Go tell somebody about something their kid's done. <laughs> yeah. Do that. See how far you get. I saw your son over there do something other. I don't want you to hear what. I'll take care of my son. You go run on. My aunt, uh, as my aunt has told me, people are, if you close your door, lock your door, people are crawling your window to tell you something bad that your kids have done. She's right. I've had people call me up, oh, okay. I just needed to tell you what I seen little Keegan doing the other day. I just, you know, anybody. I don't want to hear it. I love him. I don't want to hear every evil thing he does. You don't get that? Yeah. For, I have a giving, mature love for him. I don't want to hear it. That's charity. Yeah. That's charity. Verse 6. Rejoiceth not in iniquity. Important one. When you have a charitable, giving love, it says it rejoiceth not in iniquity. You don't get excited and you don't... How, how should I say this? Let me say it this way. It will cause you to be heartbroken when you see another person fall into sin. It will cause you personally to be heartbroken when you see another person fall into sin. You don't rejoice over iniquity. Charity doesn't rejoice over that stuff. Charity wants to give help to that person. Charity wants to lift that person up. Charity wants to see if they can get them out of that sin they're wallowing in. Charity doesn't want to rejoice in that. You notice that a lot of these are just practically the opposite of what the world's doing nowadays? They glorify sin in every way. They make a mock of sin. Verse 6, but rejoiceth in the truth. Amen. What is truth, Brother Keegan? Well, Jesus Christ defined it as sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Amen. He defined it as these words you got in your lap. These words you're hearing in God's Bible. That's truth. Do you rejoice in them? Do you rejoice in the words of God? 
Somebody with a mature and active love, they rejoice to hear God's words and to hear God's words preached. Amen. Oh, amen myself on that one. Well, yeah. I'm not afraid to amen myself. Amen, amen, amen. When it's the Lord speaking it, the rejoiceth in the truth. I love the truth, and I, re I rejoice to hear good preaching. If it's the truth. Verse 7. It beareth all things. It believeth all things. It hopeth all things. It endureth all things. There's a lot of all things in there. Charity is going to get you through everything. Charity is going to get you through all things. He says there in verse 7, Charity beareth all things. Charity helps you bear all of people's sins. And it helps you to get you through the storms of life. Are you having trouble bearing with some sin that's going on around you? Charity will help you get through it. You'll have a giving love. They say, well, Brother Keegan, I, I just can't bear this person. I just can't bear them. Well, does the Lord bear you? Does the Lord put up with you? I think we could find a way, amen? I think we could find a way. I think we'll find a way. It believeth all things. All those things that are true. Charity never doubts God's promises. Charity never doubts God's promises. You know, we might doubt what's going to happen to us in the future. We might doubt why God's got us through a storm, but we never doubt that promise that there's a better day coming in heaven. It hopeth all things. It hopeth all things. It hopeth all things. You know what I know about charity? The Bible says there it never gives up hope on a lost sinner. A mature love that's active and giving never gives up on a lost sinner. It always has hope. It always has hope. They're going to find their way home. They're going to find their way home. They're going to find their way home. You say, Brother Keegan, I don't know if I really believe this. Well, you have never had a good mother. And you've never known of a good mother. Because a good mother always, always, always has hope that their kids are going to make it through. The kid can be in the worst sin in their life. And the mother has that charity, that mature love that I hope they're going to make it through. If when everybody else has lost hope, I hope they're going to make it through. I love watching crime shows. Maybe I'm just a little twisted in the head or something, but I love to watch detective shows. And these people get kidnapped, mostly kids, young girls, get kidnapped, disappeared, and they'll interview the parents, and they'll find out later on that the girl got kidnapped and she got murdered or whatever. And a lot of times it turns out really bad. Y'all know that. But it always amazes me that they interviewed the mom. The mom says, I'm not giving up hope. She's out there somewhere. And until I find out, I'm never going to give up hope. And I've seen detectives say, I've got to find a body. Just any trace of a body. Because this mother's never going to give up hope until she knows beyond a shadow of a doubt that her child is dead. And that detective is not, he knows the child's dead. In his heart, he's given up hope. It's way over. But he says, I've got to find a body because the family is never going to give up hope. The family's always going to be hoping they're going to come through those doors any day. That's charity. That's a love that only God can have, that only God can give you. That's the kind of love that he wants us to have towards other people. I hope it's all things. Charity endureth all things. Does charity endure all things? Yes, it most assuredly does. Charity is what a, what a wife has when she has a sorry, no good husband. 
She has a mature love that puts up with him and puts up with him and puts up with him and keeps on loving him when he doesn't need to be loved. And everybody around there is saying, she should divorce him. She should just leave him. Why she put... It's called charity. That's flipped the other way, too. There's some men I know that have a mature love, active love for their wives. They never did deserve it, but they gave it anyway. That's what charity does. What are you talking about, Pastor? I'm talking about Jesus Christ's love for you. His love for you that you don't deserve. <laughs> that you don't earn. That He gives you and you turn around and walk away. He's got charity for you. And you know what? It's not only enduring, it's hoping. It's not only hoping, it's believing. It's not only believing, it's bearing. All things that you're going through. Keep your hand here, and if you want to, turn to 1 Peter. I'm going to show you something about the Bible. I find out something new about the Bible every day, but 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. I'll show you one more thing about charity, and then we'll come back and close. And, and, uh, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8. What I've always said, and I asked the Lord to forgive me when I saw this, and it's amazing... I'm, I've read through the Bible. I can't tell you how many times I've read through the Bible. You know I preach the Bible. I study the Bible. I never noticed this. and my, I'm just a blockhead, man. <laughs> I'm just ignorant. And it's just like I've seen that, this verse, and I'm like, what am I doing? Why have I been doing that? And I'll preach it this way. And I'll, I'll probably keep on preaching it this way, so y'all just have to forgive me. But uh, I know this to be true, that love covers a multitude of sin. And I say that, and I mean that, and I think y'all know what I mean. But the Bible doesn't say that. Look at 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8. And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, among each other. Be fervent about it. Be, be fanatical about it. For charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Your Bible doesn't say love. Your Bible defines it as charity. A child can have love for his parents, but if it's not a mature love, they're never going to forgive their parents. There's things their parents will do they never... There's, some of us need to grow up. Grow up in love and understand if we can grow up and have a mature and a giving love, it'll help us cover a multitude of sins. That's that love of a mother. There was a guy in Brownwood that uh, killed a young girl... They put him on, they put, uh, put it, sentenced him to death. And to the day he was put to death, his mother said, he didn't do it, he didn't do it, he didn't do it. Everything pointed to it, the DNA, evidence, everything pointed to it. But you know what she said to the very last? He didn't do it. And after he was killed, she said he still didn't do it. What is that? Is that common sense? No, that's not a lot of common sense. Is that knowledge? Not really. The knowledge says he did it. What is that? That's called charity. That's called a mature love that's always going to love. That's an enduring love. That's a bearing love. That's a forgiving love. That's a charity in love that covers a multitude of sin. And that's the kind of love you need from God the Father through Jesus Christ. So for years I've always quoted that verse as saying, love shall cover the multitude of sins. And it's not love, it's charity. It's defined right there. That's what I'm preaching about this morning. So back, go back to 1 Corinthians 13 and close it. 1 
1 Corinthians 13. Let's, let's finish up what Paul has to say about charity. Verse 8, he tells, us, he tells us a couple more things about charity you need to know. Charity never faileth. So in closing, he wants you to know it's never going to fail. Charity is never going to fail. You stick with charity and you'll never fail. You have charity, you'll never fail. Well, Brother Keegan, I'm just nothing but a big old loser. I'm just a big failure. Not with charity you won't be. Charity's never going to fail. You want to be a winner in life? Charity. You want to be a loser in life? Don't have charity. Well, I can, I'm going to feed all these poor. I'm going to give my body to be burned. I'm going to, I'm going to be a, a great speaker, a great orator. I'm going to do, yeah, do all that. You don't have charity, it's good for nothing. Amen. I just read it to you. But if you'll get charity, you can be the worst speaker. You can be a person that doesn't tithe very well. But if you have charity, you're going to be good for something. And you're never going to fail. You see that? There's a flip side to each coin. Why will it not fail? But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. The Bible says prophecies shall fail. Why, why would prophecies fail? Because there'll be no more need for them. Why are you prophesy, prophesying about the Lord when He's right there looking you in the face? See it? Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. There'll be no need. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. There'll be no need for knowledge. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect, Jesus Christ, has come, then that which is part shall be done away. When Jesus Christ comes back, we're not going to need any of this other stuff. Amen. Amen. There'll be no need for prophecy, for faith, for any of that. He's right there. Amen. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Verse 12, For now we see through a glass darkly. We're just seeing things, and we can barely see what's on the other side of that glass. It's foggy. It's dirty. It's like a window. that does, it's just, You can't barely see, but you can kind of see an image. He said, that's what we're looking through right now. But, when, but then face to face... Talking about seeing Jesus Christ face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. He goes, I'll know everything then when I get to know Jesus Christ face to face. But, verse 13 in closing, Paul says, Now abideth faith, hope, charity. These three. That's the three main things for a Christian. Faith, hope, and charity. Now what? But the greatest of these is charity. Greatest thing a Christian can have is charity. We need more charity in our lives coming from us and toward us. I'd love to see more charity in the church. I'd love to see more charity in my family. I'd love to see more charity at work. Well, how are you going to get that? By being that charity. Amen. By being that charity. Why is charity the greatest? Because faith will turn to sight. I said it already. Faith is going to turn to sight. There's going to be a time where you won't say, I, I have faith in Jesus Christ. I said, well, yeah, I do too. He's right there. I'm looking at him. Amen. There he is right there on that throne. Faith's going to be turned to sight. Hope, hope will be fulfilled when he comes and sits on his throne. There'll be no more reason to hope. It's been fulfilled. But charity is everlasting. And charity's never going to fail. And if you take up charity today, brothers and sisters, if you can find a way to take up charity today, it's never going to fail you, and your life's going to be ten times better, and you're going to go to meet the Lord with, a, with charity in your heart. Man, what, what better way to meet the Lord and say, Lord, I just loved people and gave to people, and I just love you, and I just gave to you.
man. And you have somebody else that says, yeah, Lord, but I, I let my body be burned for you. Yeah, but you didn't have charity. But Lord, I had enough faith to move a mountain. And the Lord's going to say, but you, you didn't have any charity. It's about charity. Amen. A mature, active, giving love. That's what we need. Your Heavenly Father, Lord, I just praise your Holy Spirit's moving, Lord God, that you'll speak to people's hearts the truth. And Lord, as we give this invitation, Father, if there's somebody underneath the sound of my voice that doesn't know of a time that they've received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, Father, I just pray, Lord, that you'd move along on their heart, Lord. And as we give this invitation, they'll come on down the aisle and they'll get saved. They need to realize, Lord, that they're a sinner. They need to realize that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin, walked on this earth, died for our sins on the cross and for their sin, and that he was buried, and on the third day he rose again, that he's alive forevermore. Lord, if they believe in the death, burial, and resurrection, they can come down and get saved. Lord, is that simple, Lord? And we thank you for it being simple. Lord, give us a heart that we need to have for you, Lord. God. Give us that charitable, that charity love. Lord, give us that mature, that active love, Lord God. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, Lord God, that we can go through this week with a charitable heart, Lord God. And Lord, we thank you, Father, that you have charity towards us. It's so giving, so mature. And I thank you for that, Lord. And I'm praying all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at IndianGapBaptist.com. On the internet, it's IndianGapBaptist.com. But I have a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you would go to heaven? You know, if you're not sure, let me show you a few verses out of the Bible so you can know if you have eternal life. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So that verse tells us there that you can know you have eternal life. And I want to show you how you can know that. Jesus Christ talked in John chapter 3 verse 16. And most people have heard this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now that's an amazing verse of course talking about how God gave Jesus Christ as a gift to the world. But Verse 17 and 18, he went on to say something interesting. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So the whole reason Jesus Christ came into this world was to save you and to save me and you. But in verse 18, he says something that's amazing. He says that he that believeth on him is not condemned. He's stressing a faith. It's putting your faith into Jesus Christ. But he says there in verse 18, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So he says you're condemned already if you haven't believed in Jesus Christ. It's not like you're going to go to heaven and you're going to stand before God and you're going to have God put your good deeds on the scale and your bad deeds on, on the other side of the scale and he's going to weigh it and if you've been a good enough person down on this earth that he'll let you into heaven. It doesn't work that way. Jesus Christ is real explicit here to say that you're condemned already. You need a Savior right now. The same chapter down in verse 36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. It goes back to a believe, putting your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But the verse continues, 
And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. See, it's going on right now. You need a Savior right now. You need to be saved from a devil's hell. Paul sums it up real good here in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It's putting your faith in Jesus Christ from the heart. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's very important to confess Jesus Christ because the mouth shows where the heart's at. And in verse 13, he sums it up, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So friends, as simple as just bowing your head and saying a prayer, something like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you can came up from the grave and are alive right now listening to me. I invite you into my heart to save me. Please save me, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you prayed something similar to that, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. And God bless you. And until next time. Casting all your care upon him.